about a week ago, it was 10 degrees outside. It was snow and sleet. Yesterday, it was 72 degrees outside. The sun was out. Beautiful day. Today, there's a flood warning. I was thinking there's something for everybody. Everybody should be happy. You had snow, you had cold temperatures for those who like that. You had the sun and 70 degrees and now flood warning. Everybody should be happy. Welcome to another episode of Pivotal Decisions. I'm your host, Stan Paris. Great to have you with me today. And if you enjoy the podcast, share it with someone, let your friends know. Uh, and I hope they'll be a part of Pivotal Decisions as well. I was in a local retail establishment recently, and I noticed in the magazine rack as I was checking out a special Time Magazine edition with the title, Heaven and the Afterlife. And they asked the question, what awaits us? And this edition, this special Time Magazine edition, is filled with stories from beyond. They talk about the quest to live forever, the science of continuing consciousness. And in this special edition of Time Magazine, they, they have articles about what did Jesus really say about heaven, differing Christian views of heaven by denomination. They go through also the beliefs of major religions of the world and what they believe about heaven. They even have an article about who gets to go to heaven. And so I thought we would do a podcast today on heaven. And I'm going to give you five statements about heaven. Now, obviously, I could talk about heaven for uh, a year and still not cover all the details about heaven. So uh, this will not be an, <clears throat> an exhaustive list of what I could say about heaven, but I just want to give five statements about heaven today. And then on the next episode, I think I will do five statements about hell. So we'll do today the good news, five statements about heaven. And next time, the next episode, I'll do five statements about hell. Now, I'll be up front with you. Let me just be honest. I've never been to heaven. It seems like there's plenty of people that claim they have been to heaven, and they get a lot of attention in claiming what their experience was like when they went to heaven. They have some kind of out-of-body experience, they say. They die for a minute, 90 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, and they claim they have gone to heaven, and they come back with this story of what they experienced when they went to heaven, and they write a book, and they uh, produce a movie about that. I can tell you that anytime I hear those kinds of stories, I'm skeptical. Skeptical that that actually happened. It makes a good movie, but that is definitely not where you want to get your theology uh, about heaven. We... Uh, when we see those movies, what we see often is heaven depicted as a place where there's a bright light, where people are playing a harp, where 
People are floating around on a cloud. There seems to be a fog machine involved because there's always a lot of fog and everyone wears white. But today, what I want to do, instead of focusing on those kinds of things, let's talk about the truth. And let me give you five statements about heaven. Here's statement number one. Heaven is a real place. We have this picture of clouds and fog, and we tell jokes of of St. Peter meeting us at the pearly gates and everyone wearing our white robes and, and playing the harp. But listen, heaven is nothing like that. Heaven is a real place. It's not a state of mind. It's not a figment of man's imagination. It's not a philosophical concept. It's not a sentimental dream that makes us feel better about dying. It is an actual place, a location that's even more real than the place you are right now. Heaven is a a real place. In fact, when you read the New Testament, it describes heaven as a city, a city that will be known as, according to the Bible, the New Jerusalem. Revelation 21 says the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. This city is described as a 1,500-mile cube. When John writes these dimensions in the Bible, he, he says these dimensions are man's measurements. So let's try to get this in perspective, the size of heaven. A 1,500-mile cube would mean that it would stretch from Canada to Mexico, from Virginia to California, and would it would be 780,000 stories high. And that is just the city. And so the fact that the dimensions of the city, the New Jerusalem, is mentioned in the Bible, it underscores for us that heaven is an actual place. It is a real place where real people go and spend eternity. So first, heaven is a real place. Statement number two. When you go to heaven, you do not become an angel. Now, you have to hear this because this is, I hear this all the time and people say this all the time and, and I don't know why, but for some reason it makes people feel better. But hear this, when a person dies and they're saved, they do not become an angel. No human being ever becomes an angel. You, uh, humans do not become angels, and angels do not become humans. Humans are humans, and angels are angels. And God created humans that way, and he created angels to be an angel. Humans do not become angels when they die. When a human being dies, they do not get wings and start flying around watching over you. When a human being dies, their physical body goes into the ground and their soul goes into the presence of God. This should make you feel better. I know for some reason it makes people feel good to think, well, my loved one died and now they're an angel that watches over me. But in reality, when you believe this truth and understand the truth that a human being does not become an angel, that should make you feel better. And the reason why is because God has something better for your loved one than just being an angel. 
God has something much better prepared for your loved one. First of all, God watches over you. You don't need your loved one to do that. God watches over you. And God does have angels. But God watches over you. And second, God has prepared a place for your loved one. It's beyond what you can imagine. It is much better than your loved one being an angel. So God watches over you, and God has a place prepared for your loved one. A human being does not become an angel. Now, if you are a Christian, angels do have a role to play when you die. The Bible says that angels will usher your soul into the presence of God. In Luke 16, it says that a poor man died. And when this poor man died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. And so we, we do find in the Bible that angels play a role when you die if you're a Christian. Your soul is taken into the presence of God, ushered into the presence of God by the angels. You get an escort. I don't know if you've ever like watched the Super Bowl or some big sporting event. And when the team arrives for the game, they usually always have a police escort. And there's a lot of fanfare, and the fans line up on the streets, and the team rolls in. And you can just kind of see that on the faces of all the players that they, they really think this is important. I'm important. Look at all of these people, and I have a police escort. It makes you feel so important. But think of this, that when you die, if you are a Christian, that you will have an angelic escort into the presence of God. Statement number two, when you go to heaven, you do not become an angel. Here's statement number three about heaven. Heaven is a new creation. Heaven is a new creation. When you read Revelation 21 in the Bible, all the unsaved have been judged at this point, and Satan himself has been cast into hell. Now, this is important to understand, though. In that moment, the whole universe, including the present earth, has been destroyed. The universe, as we know it, is gone. It has been completely destroyed. In Revelation 21.1, the Bible says that I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. There is a new heaven and a new earth. Everything here, this is a reminder that everything here on this earth is temporary. One day it will be completely destroyed. Everything is falling apart, including you and especially me. Don't get so attached to it. One day the only thing that's going to be left is your soul. The Bible said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now this is important because the word new here it's not the word new as opposed to old. It's the word new meaning quality. It's not new, uh, the word new compared to being old. It's new meaning quality. It's different, meaning the new heaven, the new earth is something that you have never experienced before. I know sometimes people will say, well, I'm going to miss this. I I'm going to miss uh, things that I enjoy on the earth. And they ask, will this be in heaven? Will that be in heaven? Will I be able to do this when I get to heaven? Almost as if they'll be 
disappointed in some way. But here, we're reminded that heaven is new, a new heaven and a new earth, meaning new in quality. It is different. It is something you have never experienced before. And this this is necessary because the Bible says in Isaiah 24 that the earth lies defiled. The earth is broken. It's polluted. It's, it's a broken planet. And God says, I have something new prepared. The curse of sin will be gone. There'll be no more disasters, no more sin, no more temptation to sin, no sadness. You'll experience something in heaven that you've never experienced before. It will be new, the newest quality, something you've never experienced. And I can guarantee you that you will never be disappointed. There will never be one second in heaven of you thinking, boy, I missed that about earth. I missed that about my old life. You will never, ever have a thought like that. It will be new. Statement number four, we will know one another in heaven. We will know one another in heaven. Now, I know for sentimental reasons, that makes us all feel good. But we can't base our understanding of heaven based on what makes us feel good. We have to base our understanding on truth. Jesus' resurrection and his bodily resurrection, his body after the resurrection, teaches us a lot about our future. When Jesus was resurrected, his body was certainly superior in many ways to his pre-resurrection body. After his resurrection in Luke 24, his body was not limited to time or space. He, he could pass through walls. He could pass through doors. Yet at the same time, he was not just a spirit, but he possessed flesh and bones. His disciples could actually touch him. And on top of that, Jesus ate food after the resurrection, which, believe me, is incredible. Can you imagine how good the food is going to be in heaven? You enjoy food now. Just wait until you get to heaven. But we also know that the disciples were able to recognize Jesus in his new resurrection body. Now, certainly his body was different, and there was something different about his appearance. But they did recognize him. And that is why we can believe and trust that we too will recognize each other in heaven. We will evidently maintain some of the unique characteristics that God made us with on the earth just in a glorified manner. We will not all look the same in heaven. We will maintain some of our unique characteristics that God created us with on this earth in our physical bodies, and we will have those in our resurrection glorified bodies in heaven. So we will know one another in heaven. Statement number five, purgatory does not exist. Purgatory does not exist. Once God creates a living soul, that soul lives forever. There's no such thing as anyone, believer or non-believer, going out of existence. You don't just die and that is it. The, the destination is different depending on our relationship with Christ. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But no one just ceases to exist. You live someplace for eternity. The Bible teaches that when an unbeliever dies, they immediately go to a place of torment until the great white throne judgment, which happens at the end of time. 
and then they are cast into what we call hell. And we'll, we'll talk, I'll give you five statements about hell next time. But when a Christian dies, they immediately are in the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They'll be in the presence of God until the end of time. And, and then at the end of time, when Jesus comes, then they'll be placed, we will be placed, all those who knew Christ, in the new heaven and the new earth. Now, here's the deal. The soul enters eternity in the condition that will never change. There's no place where you can go and kind of make up for your sins. There's no place where you can go and people can sort of pray you out of that place into heaven. There's no purgatory. There's no intermediate place you go to try to work your way back into heaven. Purgatory does not exist. However you die, your condition will never change. That's why it's essential that you surrender to the grace that God offers you through Jesus Christ and you accept his salvation and you become a follower of Jesus. That's the good news. There's always a pathway to heaven through Jesus Christ. But don't wait because the soul will enter eternity in the condition that will never change. Well, there you go. My five statements about heaven. Heaven is a real place. When you go to heaven, you do not become an angel. Heaven is a new creation. We will know one another in heaven. Purgatory does not exist. If you enjoyed the podcast, I hope that you will share it with your friends. Let them know about Pivotal Decisions. Next time, I will give you five statements about hell. Share the podcast, and remember... Your decisions today determine your tomorrow.